0: All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio.
1: The voice of an awakening world. The content of this radio show is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Welcome to One Soul Radio,
2: an interactive conscious conversation grounded in psychology and inspired by
1: spirit with Steve Hassenberg and Callie Alpert. Um, Welcome everyone to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. We are the show that is grounded in psychology and inspired by spirit, which we think is a rare hybrid that you're not apt to find in many other places. This is a show for you and by you, and we aim to create a virtual community, creating conscious conversation, and a chance to delve a little deeper into the questions and the mysteries of life in a way. (laughs) (laughs) you like that i do (laughs) like oh wow there's a new responsibility in my job description i love that Um, in a way that we um we that we don't think uh we can find a lot of the time in our daily lives so i'm callie albert i am here in new york and i'm here with my dear friend and co-host steve hassenberg
3: who is very enthusiastic today
1: oh good why today more than any other day may i ask
3: Well, all the words that we use on our show were mentioned yesterday during the inauguration. I know. The word love, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: the word soul, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: and the word union.
1: I was thinking this morning that somebody needs to create a drinking game (laughs) to count all the times that that's been uttered um, in the (laughs) last, like, 24 hours, because I, too, have been extremely thrilled about that, so... Yeah, I'm very, very happy. Um, So on that note, as a beautiful segue, thank you, partner. Are you all feeling the love today? Do you love love? Isn't it the most universal desire that we share to feel love? And why is that? Do you guys know how to love freely? And perhaps more importantly, do you know how to receive love in a deserving way? Have you thought about other versions of love outside of the more everyday scope of the word? That is our focus today, the many faces of love. Mm. You will hear our stories. You will learn a cool sending love meditation, courtesy of Steve. And you will hear our action steps to help you crack your heart open even a little bit wider in new ways in the hope of feeling more love daily and sending more love out into the world. Uh, We welcome calls. We welcome you to call and share your stories, ask questions, get some free guidance, free advice if you like. The number is 816-251-3555. So we decided we want to start with a little musical fun today, right?
3: In honor (laughs) of love. Yes, Um, because we were talking about the fact that love shows up in songs almost always.
1: And you gave me the stat, which I don't have the bibliography on, so hopefully we're accurate about this, but that there are like 100 million love um, songs that are recorded with the word love or some reference to love in them.
3: And then 60% of all songs are about love. That's a lot of love going around. It is. I wish there were more.
1: I know, (laughs) I know, you know, and I um, I was thinking about how when I was a little kid and I was like a total radio head when I was a kid, AM radio, I'm dating myself back in the 70s, I had every word to every song memorized and I would annoy the heck out of my parents sitting in the backseat of the car wherever we were going But I do remember distinctly at the age of maybe, I don't know, six or seven, asking my parents why so many songs had
3: the word love in them. Oh, wow. You were preparing for our show.
1: Right? I was all those years later. Look where we are now. So tell me some of your favorites.
3: Some of my favorite songs? Yeah.
1: The word love in them. Feel free to sing. I don't know if we'll get charged for the publishing rights.
3: Well, you know, love, love, love from the Beatles. Mm -hmm. Right? That was one of my favorite songs, and um, you know I'm exactly the opposite of you, in the sense that I could never remember any lyrics. Ah! I could remember the melodies, mm. but I couldn't remember the lyrics because oh. I played the melodies on my saxophone. Right. But I was really bad at being able to sing anything.
1: Wow! So we and we make the perfect band or the perfect songwriter duo. <laughs> Right. You know a lot more about it than I do. Well, I don't know that I yeah uh, I, I know the word so much anymore these days. But think about, like, so there's so many songs that have the word love in them. And we're not even talking about love songs, per se. I think about, you know, just songs that reference love. Love is in the air. I feel love. Donna Summer is one that came to mind last night as I was thinking about that. And if any for any disco heads out there, Um Love, 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 as you said, all you need is love. Can you feel the love tonight? I mean, there's just, you know, you could go on and on and on. There's just, there's so many songs out there that are about love. So any other ones that you want to bring up before we move to what our was, next?
3: What was the Beatles song that was actually the uh, number one song that people said about love? Do you remember that one?
1: Um, I'm not sure which one you're referring to because they had, there's so many in the Beatles catalog. One that was like one of their top, like number one hits.
3: Yeah, now I can't remember. See, I'm not good at remembering.
1: Maybe, (laughs) maybe it'll pop in.
3: Okay, I hope it does.
1: Let's just channel one of them, and maybe uh, maybe one of them will bring
3: it to you. If I start singing while you're talking, uh, we'll we'll come out of. I'll channel it.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for the warning, so we can uh, we can close off your microphone before that happens. um so why is it that love is so powerful right what is that the, the overarching question um you know it's such a given that everybody craves love it is sort of the universal craving the universal desire but i think um the angle that we're looking at today uh, as we get into this conversation more deeply is why why is it something that turns us all on that we all desire on such a deep level and you had some very wise answers about this.
3: Well, the whys for me are very spiritual. Yeah. So and and <laughs> you can bring me down to earth. But no, it's okay. We like your spiritual answers. Go for uh, okay. it. Okay. The the why for me has to do with the fact that in essence we are that love. Mm-hmm. And that's something that people will when we fall in love, we feel that experience in our bodies as an emotion. And what we're really experiencing is the fact that it's catalyzing who we are. So external, the external event is not the cause, but it's the catalyst. It triggers love. And we get triggered in love all the time. Sometimes petting our dogs or our cats. Sometimes looking at our children going out into the forest, we have these moments of feeling in love. And what's really going on, to say it again, is a triggering of what already lives inside of us. And when you say what already lives
1: inside of us, to take it just a step further, um, you're talking about of our highest nature, like where we came from at our deepest, most spiritual cosmic origins, which is a place of divine love and peace and union. Right.
3: I am talking about that. And, but. And. Thank you. T- <laughs> you
1: know, I've outlawed the word but in my vocabulary. Thank you. Okay.
3: And I'm talking about the fact that when we feel any amount of love, mm. we're touching that very divine nature of our essence. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. So maybe I didn't, re- I didn't represent that properly, but I'm trying to say the same thing.
3: Okay. Um,
1: do you remember... So here's the other part now, if we bring this back down to kind of more of the psychological pieces, um, that we learn our earliest version of love and our relationship with love, um, the modeling of it from our families of origin. Do mm-hmm. we not?
3: We, we do. Right? right?
1: And so how much does that inform the way we look at the world and the way we form a relationship with love.
3: So much. So as a family therapist and a psychotherapist, I'm dealing with this all the time. Mm -hmm. And I've had to deal with it in my own life because in my life, I was criticized a lot by my dad in a very vigorous, aggressive and intense way. And because of that, I lost my bearings. Mm. And what kids do, they tend to blame themselves when they're criticized by a parent. And so I blame myself and I didn't like myself and I berated myself and I judged myself. And that's really not a good path to get to love.
1: Yeah, and then it comes out in all kinds of sideways ways as we try to compensate or find our way through love. And those are the those become the early patterns that we start projecting into our relationships and s- until we start doing more work on ourselves. It's so true. Right? And it's so fun. How fun it is. To do the work? Uh, well, all of it. Make the mistakes, <laughs> to have the drama, to do the work. Yeah, it's all so much fun. Um, but it's important. And it can be fun when you're on the other side of it. I mean, for me, I um, my, lo- my love lessons, and there are many, when I was a kid and my family of origin were that love is a little bit of a roller coaster ride, that it's not consistent and that it can't necessarily be trusted. And also I learned that it was on me to constantly prove that I was lovable. Um, and there was a lot of conditional love in our household. So for me it's been a really long journey of trying to become more receptive and expectant. <clears throat> Um, that I deserved it instead of having to have these patterns that I was perpetuating of always feeling like I had to work harder to make uh, like in romantic love, especially, because that's really what we're talking about first um, to make, you know, to
3: feel like I was worthy of
1: somebody's love
3: to make you feel better. Right. I, I, and I always want to do that. Most people don't feel worthy of love. So you were not the rare bird. You were the, in the majority most of us have a very hard time we sometimes giving love is easier mm-hmm. but receiving love can be very difficult
1: right and the other thing that you've said a lot along the way is that, um, for better or worse, we humans are designed to learn from pain more than we are from love. Right. It feels like so many of our lessons on a larger scale, we could even, you know, make this into big macro, not that we're a political show, but on, on so many levels, in all aspects of our life, but especially with love, it feels like we learn more from pain than we do from from the from the hardship
3: of pain and from the ease of love. Yeah, because... Pain forces us to confront ourselves in a different way and it makes us work harder to get back to love, to get back to something that makes sense, to get out of pain. And so we have to work hard and working hard uh, really kind of allows us or pushes us to extract capacities that we don't really think we have, whether it's patience, resilience, um, deeper communication. So it forces us in a way to rely on ourselves in a deeper way.
1: So let's talk a little bit about the different kinds of love because the most obvious one, or the ones that I think people encounter and think about more consciously in their day-to-day lives are obviously romantic love with a partner. Um, familiar love with your siblings, brothers and sisters, your children, um, friends, even your pets, right? Those feel like those are the types of love that seem to come up more actively in our day-to-day lives, don't you think?
3: I do. And uh, they're wonderful uh, opportunities. Every opportunity to love is a great opportunity because love creates internal equilibrium and peace and good feelings and um it creates new synaptic connections in our brain Mm. and it it that loveliness is what we strive for if you talk to most people and you ask them what they're looking for there's after they say i want more money they'll (laughs) probably say i'd like more love Mm. and it's not necessarily in that order depending on who you ask it's true but love is very soothing
1: yeah it is it's a it's a beautiful it's medicinal it creates happiness molecules right it does so and when we think about like the intensity of love like our first love right you told me a story the other day about how i think for so many people because it's such an informative experience love is um uh, or your first love your first romantic love is particularly intense
3: it certainly was for me. <laughs> Do you want to share? Well, uh, you know, the the experience itself, being the first time, has an intensity that perhaps you'll never reach again, mm. because it's everything. The whole world moves in in a way recedes, <laughs> and the love, the person you're in love with, the love object comes towards you and it becomes you live and die and breathe for that experience yes you do it's true at least I did did you
1: yes I did I'm thinking of my first love whose name I won't share right now who I also lost my virginity to in college although he didn't know that at the time that's a separate story um and I uh yeah I was crazy about him I was crazy uh-huh. about him and um, but I recently I, I, I recently um, had a flashback I was driving and I drove by an exit that was the exit where he lived. Um, outside of New York City with his family and I went to visit him over Christmas vacation and I remember like my freshman year of college Christmas uh, break or whatever it was and I remember he um, I was mostly with his family he was like off hanging out with his brother and I had this whole flashback and it made me so sad to think about that actually started a pattern that I've now happily outgrown I hope Um, but at the time was again like that one-sided sort of lacking reciprocity thing that really informed a lot of the lessons that I needed to learn So we have uh, before what we're going to do is, first of all, if you're just joining us, you're listening to One Soul Radio. We're talking about the many faces of love. We're starting with romantic love, but we're going to graduate into the types of love that you probably don't think about as actively that are other beautiful and important ways to summon love into your life so that you can feel that energy and that synaptic um uh code uh, whatever light that steve was describing if you'd like to call um and share any stories or questions the number is 816-251-3555 and i see we have a few callers on hold so i'm going to take our first caller i think this is jan jan are you on the are you on the line yes i'm here hi welcome how are you doing do you have a comment or a question for us today
0: Thank you. Uh, yeah, this romantic love. This is I, 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 it's
1: triggering so much. <laughs> it's it's a thing.
0: <laughs> it's a thing. Um, why is it that in the pursuit of love we find so many people that are difficult? You know, I mean, especially in our own family, like brothers, sisters, parents, and then even your own children. I mean. What is the spiritual purpose of that?
1: Mm. Was there a part two to your question, or was that your complete question? It sounded like you still had that's a little the, more in that, there.
0: That's the complete question.
1: Okay. Would you like to take that to start?
3: I'm happy to take it. Um, you know, the last um, show we did was called, um, it was on karma. The truth about karma? The truth about karma. Yeah. And... Um, we, we kind of talked about this. The idea of adversity. I had a dad who was very, very difficult, as i I said before. And that set me up in certain ways um, that were also difficult for me. Very challenging. And yet it's those challenges that... I'm going to go metaphysical now, but it's those challenges as souls that we're very enthusiastic about. Souls are very enthusiastic to have an earth adventure. And part of that earth adventure has to do with uh, kind of populating our environment with people that we've known before, um, people who are going to get along with people who ha- we have conflicts with. And each conflict provides opportunity. I'm not saying in any way that those conflicts aren't difficult. You know, if somebody asked me, I would say, no, I would not choose that person as my dad mm. it was too painful at the same time. It allowed me to really resource myself at a deep level for many, many years in order to understand him, to have insight about him, uh, in order finally to have a loving relationship with him. So without going on, I I think Callie may want to say something. I like listening to you.
1: No, I think that it's very valuable to, uh, yeah, to recognize number one patterns, you know, and even inside of your question, Janet, suggests that this is um that there's some repetition here in terms of the experiences that have come to you. And so I've right. I've learned after a lot of digging and work and therapy and spiritual work that and, and also a, a, a choice um on a good day um a choice to believe that this is true that there are higher reasons for everything and i don't believe it every day that's a constant work in progress but if you operate from that place that everything is given to you from your um your own highest self is brought in for you to learn that i think the patterns especially are the most important things to look at because they um they they magnify the things that need to be paid attention to, and the things that, that probably there's. If you picked, if you looked at some of these relationships that you're um, that you're referring to, I'm sure there's probably uh, or adventure to assume that there's some bottom line, fundamental commonalities. Does that resonate mm-hmm. for you, regardless of who probably. it is? Yep. Yep. You know, so if you look at it from a place of a human being, you know, the people or even work colleagues, I've experienced this even with people that I'm put in a room with that were strangers, you know, um, before I started a new job. And you look at it as an opportunity as if they're just mirrors that are given to you by your higher self or from the heavens or whatever word you want to use to just hold up a mirror to magnify a lesson that you still have to learn and then to learn to love it and embrace it. Um, and give it a little bit more attention, I feel like that's a, it's a different lens. It's just a way of turning it and on its side rather than the frustration and the perpetual. Um, yeah, I would say frustration, because I'm so good at it. I've done it in so many different ways in my life where I've asked, I, I've brought in relationships, not consciously, that were really difficult, challenging, disappointing, hurtful, blah, 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 blah. And um, it's really ultimately just been for me to, you know, to learn to look at them. Um, And
3: find the kind of higher good. And I think you could say something like this. To use the relationships you find in your life for you rather than use them against you. Mm, Nice. And when things are painful or overly challenging or disturbing, we tend Mm -hmm. to see it as a punishment uh, that there's something wrong with us. But nothing comes. And this is an important thing I learned many years ago. Nothing comes to us that we can't ultimately handle. And so every relationship, as difficult and painful as it possibly could be, is Mm -hmm. there for us in some way. And it behooves us to find the answer to that. Does that help you?
0: It helps a lot. And what you said earlier about passing the exit on the freeway. Hmm. How is that now when you pass it? Mm, thank you for asking that question.
1: <laughs> to be honest with you, it made me really sad. Um, first of all, I haven't been in a romantic relationship for a few years. So I'm I'm and I'm it's something that I'm very deeply hoping for and, and hoping um to kind of bring in and magnetize soon. And so um it made me that my first reaction was it made me sad, like wow, it was a reminder of my youth and that pat and where that pattern sort of started because there were many relationships uh-huh. after that where that same dynamic existed. And then it also reminded me that I have dissolved it. And I think I've um, embraced it enough and done enough work around it to give it enough love to kind of transmute it and send it back out into the ether. So it's not with me anymore. But I haven't had the pleasure of putting it to good practice yet. So I'm going to have to get back to you on that part. I hope I hope that will be the case very soon. And when you
0: just come to me when you pass it, you can say, wow, that's the exit I took.
1: Mm. (laughs) Mmm. I like that. It's poetic. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, Jen. I hope this helped you. you. Thank you so much for calling. We appreciate your participation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Blessings to you. So we have a few more callers on hold that we're going to get to because we're coming up to a commercial break and I don't want to cut anybody off. So please know we're going to get to you momentarily and I'm happy to see your name showing up. If you could hang in with us just a few more minutes. In our remaining moments of this segment, before we get to commercial, um, why don't you, can you share the Rumi quote that is just so beautiful before we move off of romantic love and get to other kinds of love that I think um, are worthy of introducing to people in a bigger capacity?
3: Everybody loves Rumi. Yeah. So he said, when I read my first love story, I started looking for you, but I didn't know how blind I was. Lovers don't meet somewhere. They're in each other all along.
1: Now, you know, I hated that the first time I feel yeah. like, what are you talking about? Where is really he? What it? he means inside me? And, well, okay. um, and how much more responsibility can I take for magnetizing this person? What does that mean? But what does it mean? What does it really mean? Because now I, I recognize the value of it, but I'd like to hear it
3: from you. Well, it means that love is a magnet. And it's a gorgeous magnet. It's a magnet of time and space. It's a magnet of people. And so what what Rumi is saying is that the lover is in us. It means when we are ready for that love, when we are ready, we become a force. We become a passion. We become a power that actually pulls in magnetizes you could use the word seduce we pull in our partner and they arrive on the outside of us that everything is built and created from the inside and it's generated from that divine energy and that divine energy creates the person coming to you on the path
1: so that's really beautiful and powerful. And it took me a while to appreciate it, like I said, because it can be a little frustrating. Oh, you know, how much more responsibility? How much more can I control? How much more inner work can I do to magnetize this person? But I've learned to accept at least 90 90- Three percent of the time that it's not really about that. It's about where we are in our life journey, in our karmic lessons, and also in our self-love and um, and the work that we do to bring that person into our into our lives, right? And that you is could, you could no timeline.
3: Say, you could even say something really strange and wild. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world.
2: Welcome back to One Soul Radio with Steve Hasenberg and Kelly Alpert.
1: Welcome back to One Soul Radio here on Unity Online Radio. We are talking about the many faces of love. If you'd like to join us, join the conversation, ask questions, get some free, um, hopefully helpful advice, at least from Steve. Um, The number is (laughs) 86251. (laughs) <laughs> That's true. That's not self-love, is it? Eight one six two five one three five five five. And we got a little cut off before I missed my um, audio cue going into commercial. So I think we may have um, cut off inadvertently part of what you were saying about the Rumi quote, but we were talking about magnetizing love to ourselves. Right.
3: I, what I was going to say, and this may seem completely wild to people, but <laughs> if you were able to love yourself fully, fully, and you desire to have a lover, that lover would knock on your door today. So what Rumi is saying is that the internal love is definitely the not only the catalyst, but the creation of the external love, even though we don't see that happening. It's very subtle. Right.
1: Well, it still ticks me off, but that's just, we can do a separate show. I don't want to make any more of this about me. I would much rather hear from some of our callers. <laughs> <laughs> so we have Holly on the line. Let me see if I can get Holly. Hi, Holly. Can you? Are you with us? Can you hear us? I can hear you. Hi, welcome. Thank you for Hello, calling. Hello, Holly. Do you have Hello, a question Steve, or comment Holly.
2: for us? I do. First, thank you so much. I appreciate your show and I really enjoy your podcast too. Um, thank you so one of my much. Favorites. You're welcome. One of my favorite parts is your action actionable steps and that okay. that's what I wanted to see if you might have one for. I have um a delineation between my family and the rest of my life and somehow I feel like I I I don't get what I want from them. But I get over in terms of love, but I get overwhelming love from friends and and other people in my life. And I want to, to know if there's an action step I can take to remove that line so that I can be more readily able to accept the love that is actually given to me and not worry so much about where it's not coming from.
1: Mm, what a beautiful, important question. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Sen- sensei, I think you need to take that first
3: okay well the first thing is it's very ask somebody who knows i know this it's very difficult to change people i tried to change my family for 18 years in many different ways and i couldn't and then after i left home and went to college i tried to change them again and i couldn't and then when i got to be 30 or 35 i tried it again it didn't work Uh, I was always looking for more than they were able to give. Um, I was looking for more understanding. Uh, I wanted my father to have pride, take pride in me, to have respect for me, which perhaps he did, but he never said it. Uh, I wanted my sister to have a relationship with me that wasn't argumentative. And so I had the same kind of situation as you did, Holly which is, I I had a lot of friends that were very dear to me and closer to me than family. And then I had to make a decision, which was an important one, of how I could at least um, be in proximity to my family, not my mother, I had a really good relationship with her, but especially my father. And I made a decision to just meet him at his level, and I always tell people that his level was a very narrow one, but I, I stopped wanting him to understand me and I began to work on understanding him and asking him questions about his life and trying to merge in that way. So that's one way to think about it, but I'm more than open to take a further uh, question in terms of understanding it in a more deep way.
1: Does that connect for you, Holly? Does that help? It does. I, I'm thinking more. I, I'm not,
2: I think I'm better at the point of expecting them to change. I don't really have that expectation anymore. I mean, I still have mm-hmm. that wish. You know, I wish mm-hmm. they would, but I don't expect it anymore. And I'm okay where things are, but I don't know where my um, hang up. It's not, that's not the right word. I don't know where my stalling is that I can't accept that other love in a way that I would think is as important as familial love. I don't know why I delineate the difference.
1: Mm. When you why say you can't I accept that other love, that can I, you be more specific well, do, coming from I where?
2: Yes, I have, a, I have two friends. Um, I can tell you they're Yarn and Christina, lovely friends of mine. They have two little children. Um, we're, they're, 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 they're so kind. They're so generous. They're so caring. They, are, um, they, they, they act as if we're family. It's wonderful. Somehow it seems different to
1: me still then when, where would you, where, where's your ideal of, um, in your fantasy, um, uh, mind, where You'd would you like to you see it coming like from?
2: That was from my family. My okay, gotcha. brother, well, not my brother so much, my sister and my, and, and more parts of that. I, I think anybody in my family, frankly, for some mm. reason, I think that the family is different. I don't know why I think that. Well, yeah. you're not holding, like you're, it's like, like you're
3: holding it in a, at a root level. So it's very, very deep for you. And uh, I would say it goes back lifetimes, lifetimes of many different families and maybe also an experience in another lifetime of having an extraordinary kind of magnetic connection with the people in your family. And that becomes an ideal. So you're holding an ideal in your heart. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with that but it can cause a lot of suffering and it can cause a lot of pain. And so what I would take a look at is the idealism that you're connecting with your family and whether or not that serves you. And if it's causing a lot of suffering, it means it doesn't serve you. Mm. Easier said than done, Holly, but Mm. that's, I think, what it's about.
1: Yeah, And the other thing that I would offer, I talked to a very dear friend of mine last night, and I offer this to her is, first of all, I really understand, I hear everything you're saying, and I can really resonate with it. Um, I have similar dynamics in in my life. And one of the things that's taken me a long time to, um, to sort of look at and to make more peace with is to reallocate my love pool. So that I'm not attaching to the places where it's never going to come from, yeah. like a you know family of origin for, per se. So, yeah. in your case, is it possible maybe that you can maybe um, sit with the feelings that you're attaching to this fantasy and just get mm-hmm. in touch with the, what that feels like, rather than attaching mm-hmm. it to the people that are um, that you hope that you wish would give it to you, and mm-hmm. figure out where in other places in your life it might be flowing more freely. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes, it does. In fact, it sounds I have a friend who was um, talking about this and she said, you have people who love you and support you unconditionally. And she said, what do you think you're going to get from your family of origin that you're not getting? And I said, I didn't know. And then she she was she was gay and went her family did not accept that when she was young. And so she had to find her own family. And I thought, oh, my gosh, it's really no different. You know, no, it's it's the same, Holly. Yeah, it's like, have to leave that behind we, her because they didn't want her for who she was. And that's what I think I have to realize as well. Callie, what you said love, really
3: did. Represent it is. Love, is. love is accepting mm-hmm. all of you mm-hmm. and, and being there for you with an open heart mm-hmm. and an open mind as well. Mm-hmm. And if your family isn't there for you with an open heart and open mind, then I think that that family... Word needs to be cut out.
1: Mm, chosen and, family versus blood family, or exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Origin family, the, I like that too. That's,
1: yeah, that's and the other thing too would be is, um, and again, this is something that's. I'm 57 years old. This is an active work in progress for me. Is to give myself those pieces that I didn't get from my my parents that I still don't get from my parents who Mm -hmm. have loved me to the best of their capacity, but not in the way that Mm -hmm. I have needed it from day one. And so I've had Mm -hmm. to really dig deep to try to find, to give that to myself and it's helped to sort of cut the cord Mm -hmm. and the need and the, um, the desire or the expectation that's in that space Mm -hmm. too.
3: Good. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Does that help you? It does very much.
3: Good. We're so glad.
1: Thank you so much for that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk Mm -hmm. over you.
2: No, no, thank you so much. I appreciate both of your insights.
1: Uh, thank you so much. And stay tuned because we mm-hmm. do have some our um, action steps, which we always do at the end of our show coming up. So we'll hopefully fill your action step cup up a little bit more um, further. <laughs> okay. So uh, before we get to our next caller, I see somebody who's patiently holding on. We're going to get to um, her in a moment. Um, I wanted to just move a little bit uh, down the love path to some of the other types of love that we don't talk about as actively, I mm-hmm. think, in our day-to-day lives. That was our, our intention for this show, which is the love of self, which we have, have broached. Um, The love of God or a higher power, whatever words you want to use, the love of nature, the love of nation. These are things that um, the love of nation might be especially in the zeitgeist in this last handful of days and months and years. Um, But I think that um, these are also other kinds of love that can be very valuable to people, especially if you're hurting because the conventional ones might not um, feel like your cup isn't as, you know, isn't running, running, running over with some of the more conventional definitions of what love is. There are other places to feel it. Right.
3: Well, not only are there other places, but. You know, there's a good exercise. I I don't know that we put it in our action plan today, but let me mention it. If, If you remember that love is your essence and you want to experience your essence more, then every time you feel a little bit of a dose, a little dash of love, allow yourself to savor that more. Even to close your eyes, you're, you're out in the woods and the sun is going down and you're having an aha experience. And instead of letting it go, spend time savoring it and nurturing it. Right. And that nurturing opens the channel to your divine essence. And if you nurture a little bit and love a little bit every day, it allows that experience of your divine nature to grow. I love that. It's like
1: bottling it. And um, and yes, you're cheating because we did have a version of that as our action step. So that's a perfect tease for what's coming up in a few minutes when we get <laughs> to those. Thank you. But but yeah, it's important because it is, it's medicinal. And again, I think, you know, I often say that I... Um, maybe I represent more of a, the, the, the single girl thing, because I feel like so much of the world is based on romantic love partnerships, as one definition of love, love of family, love of, um, you know, a lot of things that um, a lot of people don't have those same boxes to check in their circumstances. And so it's been really valuable for me to learn. And we hope in offering this to our listeners that there are these other broader versions of love that all really come to the same place, which is you know a higher relationship to what love is in whatever form whether it's loving a squirrel that you walk by loving your partner loving a cloud loving your higher self um finding a you know deeper spiritual rooting that helps you just love in a more unconditional way regardless of what it is i mean these are sort of all the points that we're hoping to uh to inspire you with today so we have another caller and i'm sorry i think i'm seeing the name nicole forgive me if that's not right because it's very small print on this hi are you there
4: i am hi can you hear me
1: we can hi is did i get your name right
4: yeah it's close it's actually nikki
1: oh nikki i'm sorry hi it's a pleasure thanks for joining us today thank
4: you so much hi steve
3: hello nikki hi
4: steve (laughs) hi steve
1: Do you have a question Um, or comment you'd like to share with us? I
3: do,
4: I do. First of all, uh, one thing I got from Steve long, long ago was this um, thing about everything is an opportunity to love more. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when things happen horrific or otherwise, it's like, what, what? You know, it's like I've heard him say before, it's an opportunity to love more, whether that's love yourself or love others or love anything. And so I really use that. Um, But I do have a, a question about, it's sort of in the romantic love category and self love. Um, I did have an amazing relationship in love. I had a husband of 25 years and he died suddenly. It's been about mm. five years. So obviously I have that grief and loss still that won't, you know, go away. Um, but I would say for the last, uh, so I have that experience of what it is to be loved really, truly deeply by another person also. Um, but if I'd say for the last couple of years, at least two years or more, I feel like I've been available, ready, willing, et cetera, you know, to possibly find that again. And um it's just recently, I thought I had a couple of months ago, found someone and it was so obviously vulnerable and intense, kind of like the first love you guys were talking about because it was yeah. the first one for me yeah. after 30 years, after my husband has been gone. So it was very wow. hard and
2: very challenging
4: wow. and vulnerable, but it was like. Was, yeah. I thought, okay, it's hopeful that you can feel this way, that it can be mutual. But anyway, that's, it's probably not happening. So I'm, I'm very, you know, it's hard, it's sad, it's lost. and um, But my, my point really is that thing of self-love and romantic love. And yes, we need to love ourselves in all the ways that we're talking about. But at a certain point, there is a difference it's not exactly the same where we would all just be automatons of actually receiving (laughs) love from another human being. And it's, it's healing and it's a catch 22 because that helps you love yourself more. And like you said, it catalyzes, but sometimes if it goes on too long, it is, you know, what am I trying to say? The question is really what to do if you don't, um, you know, when you do want another person, you do want romantic love. Um, also being a projector in the human design. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. hard
2: to
4: do I don't know if my question was clear, but then as I get a little like, Oh yeah, right. Like every single person that's out there in a relationship, they're all perfectly actualized and they love themselves. It's not, well
1: This I'm, sounds like somebody I really, know.
4: Truly. I mean, come on. That gets me a little annoyed. So, and I do mm-hmm. know that love brings up everything in us to be healed. So I'm ready for more healing <laughs> with a buddy. I want a buddy.
1: Well, I totally understand this deeply and we're chuckling a little bit because Steve hears this from me a lot. And the first thing I want to say is I commend you for um, opening up your heart when you're still in a place of grief and blessings on that front as well. But the idea that you've been able to access some sense of vulnerability and at least get a little tease of opening yourself up again is something that I hope you, um, honor and recognize and give yourself an extra hug for number one. I think that's really important. Um, I don't have the, I think that Steve is more equipped to give the real proper therapeutic answer to this question. Um, I really, really relate because, and that's it's what I was going to say earlier when I say that I still get ticked off about things like the roomy quote, it's inside you, and how actualized do you have to be, and how much do I have to magnetize, and then I think of all these people in great relationships that aren't, haven't done half the work yeah. I've done, and then I get frustrated, and then I know not to compare myself, and then I think I'm supposed to be more patient, and blah, 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 so I really, really
4: Oh, my God. Are you talking or am I? Which of us is
1: talking? Exactly. Right. I really, really understand. Like, Uh, your language is inside my head often, so I really uh feel it. And what's the best thing I can offer, because I'm still in that process, is a combination of patience um the a combination word. of uh trying to accept that maybe my dharma or karmic road is just different from somebody some other shmagegi down the road who's got the you know beautiful relationship and hasn't done any work um i'm joking yep. because i know better than to compare my ride to other people's on most days i know that and i think that's yep. also really important um and uh, also to deepen um, Steve just offered um, this thought up to me recently, which is to make a list or sort of get in touch with what you have to offer that person that you're looking for and meditate on that and get into the energy of that vibration which is just knowing even deeper deepening the amount of value that you know you have deepening what you can offer to um, to this man that you hope to you know you hope to bring in. Um, but again, you know, this, I think you're asking, how do you deal with yeah. the, the gaps when you just feel super frustrated? So that might be better. For, yeah. That might be better for Steve to answer than me.
3: I just want to finish what Callie was saying about the offering. Cause I, I often talk to my clients about that. It goes back to the Rumi poem. If you can make a list and maybe you've done this, but if you can make a list, of all of your beauties all of your capacities all of your talents all of your warm-heartedness and meditate as callie said on that list what it tends to do it does deepen our value but it also deepens our magnetism because when we focus on that we realize what a catch we are and we realize how much it would serve another person to be in our presence. So that's one thing. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you've done it, but I find it to be very, very effective. The other thing is adversity is put into our life. We all go through losses. We gain and we lose, and I've lost so much in my life. And adversity I know now after so many struggles that of of, of pain and anguish I know now that adversity is always put before me to do one thing to come back to myself with appreciation with gratitude with honor and with love and then to start over and if I can do that the next moment is usually a successful moment for me so I would say to you, do the best you can at coming back to everything that you are. And that's why that offering list may be important. Mm-hmm. And then from that place, use it as a foundation to start dreaming again about what you'd like. And we always want to dream from a place of goodness. We want to dream and create and desire from a place of uh, Really seeing our, our life in the best possible light. And so when we're standing on that foundation with our talents in hand, with our heart open, with our mind uh, more at ease, then the next moment will probably be very successful for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I wanted, because I still hear you, Nikki, I think you're also talking about the gaps where you're like, that's all nice and fine and good. And these are beautiful exercises. But what the hell, I'm still, there's still a lot of time that I have to be patient about. I'm still, I'm hearing that from you too, right?
4: Yeah. And I really appreciate what Steve just said. And I will do more of it. And yes, I feel like I'm running the list and I'm doing the thing and I'm magnetizing and I'm doing the calling in the one book and I'm showing up Mm -hmm. and I'm, you know, I'm doing it all. And, and I think too, though, there's also fear. You know, there's the fear, which I'm trying to keep at bay. The fear of, well, what if you never do? And then what? You're going to yep. be alone forever, and all that. Won't go into that. Right. But, um, I
1: understand that deeply. Good. I do. <laughs> um, one of the things that I would offer before we um, need to say goodbye, so we can get to our action steps, is that sometimes when I get into this head where I'm trying and magnetizing and visualizing and reading and meditating, is I just let it all go and I drop it and I stop yeah. trying. And then I just remind yeah. myself to do two things. Number one, to get into a receptive sort of trusting receptive space.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: number two, to, which helps with the patience, you know, peace. Mm-hmm. And number two, mm-hmm. to make friends with the impatience and the part of me that is afraid, you know, like to love that part mm-hmm. that's still precluding it from happening, even a little more mm-hmm. deeply, because that's what's being asked of you as much as, as it's a big pain in the butt. But that's what mm-hmm. that's what um, mm-hmm. I, I experience for myself. So I just offer that to you. Mm-hmm.
4: Thank you so much. Thank you both. And don't you think Steve should
1: just fix us up with someone? I mean, I know. I say that no, to him all the time. I said that m- during our pre pro <laughs> meeting. Yes. Um we, let's let's we let's talk about that. We'll start okay, at another company. Talk. Thank you so okay. much for joining us. We really appreciate your candor Thank and you your so um much. and your question, Nikki. And blessings to you. Thank you. Thank
4: you. Thank you, Steve.
1: Thank you. So in our remaining moments. Um, we're going to have to do the sending love meditation on another show. Cause we've had such juicy callers today. We've run out of time. We do want to get to our action steps. And again, this is in the name of thinking about the other versions of love that can fill in your love cup in the less obvious ways, the love of self, the love of your higher being, the love of nature, the love of all, all different kinds of love. So three action steps we offer to you. One is to, um, commit for one week to take three minutes a day to send love to people in need. So, whether it's strangers, somebody you see on the news, uh, your parents, uh, world leaders, first responders, first responders, like any group of people, just to add that exercise, even if it's for three minutes a day, just to sit and feel like what it's like to sort of transmit and send some extra love out into the world in a way that you don't typically do. Um, number two would be to choose a piece of yourself that you don't really love so uh, you don't like so much that you have shame around or fear around and decide to get to know it. So even in the example of Nikki, if you are, or me, um, you know, fear around being alone for the rest of my life or, you know, some piece of my personality that I don't love sit and make friends with it. As Steve always says, take it out for tea personify it close your eyes and visualize what that being looks like or what that entity is if it's a separate piece of
3: you so that it doesn't buy it a biscuit
1: buy it a biscuit and some tea or a cosmo (laughs) or whatever you need to do Um, but look at it and befriend it make friends with it and recognize that it's not you and it's not what defines you but it's just a piece of you and thirdly go into nature Pick a tree, pick a creature to commune with. I've done this often with squirrels and chipmunks and had some very powerful experiences. Harness that, get quiet and um, find some real moment of communion with whatever that um, that that thing is in nature and harness, um, take that energy like Steve was saying earlier and almost bottle it and project it out into the world so those are our three action steps Um, number one try to take three minutes a day to commit for one week to send love to people in need number two take a piece of yourself that you need to form a, a more kind and loving relationship with and decide to get to know it a little bit better and then finally to go into nature pick a tree pick a squirrel pick your goldfish in the pond whatever it is harness that energy and project it into the world so with that, we want to thank everybody for joining us today. This has been a beautiful show, and we, it means so much for all of you to support and to call and to share your stories and your questions. If you'd like to know more, you can find us at, on Instagram at One Soul Radio, Facebook at One Soul Radio Podcast. You can find out about Steve at SteveHassenberg.com. You can find out more about me at CallieAlpert.com. And our show next week, join us. We've already teed it up. Gifts of Dysfunctional Families. Oh my God. Another juicy one. Thank you all so much.
3: I don't know if I'll be able to get through it.
1: (laughs) I think you're going to be great. Thank you all for joining us.